When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Ken Abzak, and this is Daily Thrones, a quick look at the world of ice and fire. Let's start looking ahead to Season 7. That's right, some predictions, some thoughts on where we're going, what we might see. And I wanted to talk today about prophecies in Game of Thrones and how many we might see come to some sort of fruition, some sort of end, or maybe just they drift away and we never really hear from them again, if at all. What are the prophecies to be fulfilled in Season 7? First, let's start with the big one. The one we mention a lot here on Daily Thrones. I'm not going into details in these prophecies because some of them might be, ah, not book spoilers, but I think you should be rewarded by diving into these prophecies uh, in the books and studying them. But... The Valonqar, the prophecy of the Valonqar. You hear that if you're a show-only person, you might not really understand this one. And it is, uh, go back to season five, the beginning of that season, Maggie the Frog uh, speaks to young Cersei, tells her the prophecy of uh, how her children will die, and all that good stuff. Leaves out the prophecy of the Valonqar, which refers to, most believe, most accept, a younger brother will be the reason Cersei dies, the person to take out Cersei. That could mean anybody. And, and as a lot of these prophecies uh, will, uh, you know, as you know, gender sometimes can be neutral or misconstrued or misunderstood. Look at Azor Ahai and the prophecy of Azor Ahai reborn. The Valonqar, I don't know, who knows? Maybe it's a little sister. Maybe it's Daenerys. She's Viserys' little sister. Rhaegar's little sister, maybe she does it. I don't know. But I still tend to think that this is going to be a little brother. Could be Jaime. Could be Tyrion. A lot of people thought Sandor Clegane. That's right. That leads to Clegane Ball. Could we still get Clegane Ball? Oh, I hope so. Hashtag Clegane Ball. We might get it. But will we see the Valonqar prophecy fulfilled in Season 7? I... I think it's... I think it's going to happen. I think Cersei goes. I think this is her swan song. And we'll get that fulfilled. The prophecy of Azor Ahai. And who is Azor Ahai reborn? Is it Danny? Is it John? Was it Stannis? Is it Davos? Is it Tyrion? Is it Jorah? There's a lot of theories out there. I think it comes down to Azor Ahai being reborn into two Jon Snow and Daenerys Targaryen. And I think that we might not get that answer until season eight. Now, R plus L equals J. Rhaegar, Lyanna, uh, Stark equals Jon Snow, or whatever his name will end up being. I think that one was soft confirmed. I mean, it's confirmed last season. But soft confirmed meaning we're still going to deal with it this season. So I think that prophecy, or not prophecy, but that theory, uh, and what that is, is something that we'll, we'll be dealing with this season. But Azor High, I think, goes in eight. And the prophecy of the third dragon rider. Is it Tyrion? There's a lot in the books and a lot out there about who will be writing, whether it's figurative 
or literally riding that third dragon if Danny's riding one and in theory Jon Snow was riding the other. Tyrion Lannister had dreams of dragons. He comes face to face with a dragon and the dragon's like, hey dude, good to see you again. We haven't met? Alright, we're still good. Could it be because he has Targaryen blood in him? Will that prophecy be answered this season? We're talking prophecies. We're talking theories. We're talking it all coming together. I'm just touching on them. You guys are going to help me discuss. You know what to do. Call into the station here. Favorite the station so you don't miss a broadcast. I want to hear from you. Daily Thrones is a daily conversation. You hear my voice the most, but if you've listened long enough, we have a lot of regular callers, and I love hearing from you guys. I love hearing your theories, your thoughts. This is the spot to come and talk about it. We are so close to season seven. You can taste it. It's like eel pie. It's like a dire wolf toast made by hot pie at the Crossroads Inn. We're almost there. You guys know what to do. Uh, and also on Twitter, at CatNapSuck. Use that hashtag, Daily Thrones. Are you the Valencar? Let me know. You just might be. That's it for now. We'll talk to you later here on Daily Thrones. I'm Ken Epsuck, and this is Daily Throne, still looking at Season 7, talking prophecies earlier in the day. Hope you check that out, and if you haven't given me your thoughts on which prophecies are going to be revealed in Season 7, or fulfilled, or answered, let me know. But I want to talk Arya. Arya Stark. She came back. She is no longer no one. She is definitely Arya Stark of Winterfell, and she's returned. And she took out Walter Frey. Served him a Frey pie. Borrowing from the Manderleys on how to get revenge. Slices Walter Frey's neck and she is off and running. Where are we going to see her pop up this year? Is it a full Stark reunion? Does she go back to Winterfell? And does she, as I like to call, like to say, is she going to be the Batman of Westeros? What do you guys think about Arya Stark? That's the question. Melisandre, all the way back in season three talks about Arya Stark snuffing out a lot of eyes, darkness in her, death in her, and warns her, tells her, we will meet again. With Melisandre possibly a Dragonstone and roaming the, roaming the north, does she run into Arya? Does Arya end her life? Or does Melisandre see something else in her? Does she continue to go out and, and take everyone out on her list? So if, if that's the case, does she end up somehow taking out, say, Cersei Lannister. We talk about the prophecy of the Valonqar, how prophecies, prophecies can be misunderstood. Maybe her as one of the, uh, you know, younger children, younger sister from the Stark clan. Maybe she takes out Cersei because she was on her list. What about Ellen Payne? The actor recovered from throat cancer. He can maybe reappear. Arya get some revenge there. What's going to happen? And the big question. And I know there's some theories going out. I haven't clicked on those stories. Does Arya kill Baelish? I know she ends up with a, a dagger that she didn't previously have. Looked like it belonged to Baelish. How, what, where, when, why, oh my, does Arya Stark kill Baelish? Knowing Baelish, probably Weasel was his way out of that just death. Get her on his side. Maybe it's a gift. 
What do you guys think Arya Stark will accomplish in Season 7? We're talking directly, speculating about this. We've talked about Arya before, but now here's the time to register your thoughts and ideas of Arya Stark, the Batman of Westeros, and what she'll be doing in Season 7. That's what we're doing here today. Having fun. Looking towards Season 7 on Daily Thrones. Hey, Ken, so Arya in Season 7, I'm actually very much looking forward to because she's done with the House of Black and White. She's out back in the world kicking ass and taking names off her list. Now, the trailers haven't really shown a whole lot of her in the couple trailers we've, we've, we've seen, but I think she's going to continue to take names off her list. I do think she's going to encounter Melisandre at some point. Now, will she kill the Red Woman? Personally, I kind of... Would love to see that, but I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. Her kill her, but I do think they will have an encounter. I think she's going to be traveling all around. And the big, but my big question: Will she reunite with Nymeria? I've heard rumors. I've heard people talk about it, but will it actually happen? I hope so. Hey, Daily Thrones fans, let's talk Season 7, and more specifically, what's going to happen with Brienne of Tarth and Podrick? We know they're in Season 7, we know they're at Winterfell, but where do they fit into the larger story? Now, with some characters eventually having to drop off the main story, I think by the end of Season 8, a lot of the people we love and care for will be gone. Brienne is one of those. She is, well, not a main character, a beloved character, and definitely one of those underdogs George R.R. R. Martin likes. So there's some logic to the idea that Brienne will step up and find some sort of victory or vengeance or justification for some of the struggles and trials she's had to go through her entire life. But where does it factor into the story? And will she end up with Jamie? End up at his side? In a romantic way? In a, a just a friendly uh, support way? As a dynamic duo that takes down Cersei or does some damage in King's Landing, does she get from Winterfell to King's Landing? And where does Podrick go? Does he keep following her? Or is, will he be ever reunited with Tyrion? We're talking Brienne and Podrick. I want to know what you guys think they'll be doing in Season 7. Call into station here on Daily Thrones. Find me on Twitter at Ken Napsok and use that hashtag Daily Thrones. Ken, I think the answer is staring us right in the face in the sense of there's a reason why we're not seeing too much of Arya in the trailers. It's because there's probably some cool, very interesting things happening with her this uh, upcoming season that just absolutely cannot be revealed. And what we've seen in the trailer is the bare minimum. I mean, just, just the tiniest little details of what we can see without... Uh, being spoiled too much you know what i mean so i think we are going to see her do some crazy things i think she is going to make it to winterfell she is going to kill some people i don't know about baelish but that would be really cool and i do think she is going to reunite with the long-awaited dire wolf reunion that we all have been waiting for absolutely Ken Apsock here on Daily Thrones. Put a call up from Mark about Arya in Season 7. We've been having this conversation. I asked the question about what do you think she'll be doing in Season 7? What do we want her to do in Season 7? Will she reunite with the Hound? And Mark brings up a good point. We haven't seen a lot of her in the trailers, a lot of uh, in the promotional material. She's kind of been in one spot, one look. That could mean she goes on to bigger and better things that they don't want to spoil at all. It also could mean 
she dies early. I don't think that's the case. I think Arya is one of the characters that's going to go to the end, or at least very, very close to the end. But Mark brought up a good point, a good idea about a possible reunion between Arya Stark and Nymeria. We have not seen Nymeria on the show since episode two of season one on the King's Road, where Nymeria nearly took down Joffrey and saved us all from a lot of pain early, but that didn't happen. But uh, one of the one of the saddest scenes earlier on, early on in the show. Arya Stark having to throw a rock to get Nymeria to run away. Now, Nymeria has been roaming the plains of Westeros. Well, not necessarily the plains, the mountains, the streams, the rivers, too. Nymeria is leading a pack of regular wolves, just kind of marauding around the land. In roughly the same areas that we could expect to see Arya Stark right now as she travels around Westeros being the Batman of Westeros. So a reunion between Arya and Nymeria would be an unexpected event and I'm sure an emotional one, especially if dire wolves tug on your heartstrings as they do me. Now, I do think I'm believing more and more in my head that the Hound and Arya will be reunited. I was re-watching season four and there's that great scene with Arya listing off the names on her death list which is annoying the hound as he tried to sleep great moment that uh, she you know says well there's one he, he tells her to finish the list so he can get some sleep and she says there's one more name the hound great moment but buried in those kind of sequences buried in the great hound and Arya stuff is this moment where they're talking about Gregor Clegane the mountain and how Arya wants to take him out and so does the hound and the hound has a line of well if you and I ever meet the mountain run into him we can both cross a name off our list so wouldn't it be interesting if the hound and Arya stark are reunited and find their way down to king's landing and clegane bowl includes Arya stark now that could be interesting would he let her get the final blow uh needle to the neck needle to the throat grim what a wonderful conversation what do you think about that possibility and what do you think about nymeria showing back up again and how would that work in the story you guys know what to do here on daily thrones call in let me know or find me on twitter at catnapsuck with the hashtag daily thrones hey ken love the channel had a crazy thought what if Bran set up King's Landing as one giant trap for the White Walkers by teaching the Mad King how to make wildfire and had the Mad King dig the tunnels underneath King's Landing to save the population before the wildfire goes off? That would then make the Mad King another Hodor by burning them all. Thanks, Ken. I'm Ken Absock, and this is Daily Thrones, a quick look at the world of ice and fire, but let's go into the future and into the past. Just put a call in from the station up from Kevin at Three Cocktail Questions. Check him out if you want to. He's always got some great theories. He's got some great Star Wars theories. He's now he's got some great Game of Thrones theories, and he he says, burn them all. Burn them all. What Ares Targaryen, the Mad King, was supposedly muttering and saying and proclaiming on the day that he died, on the day Jamie Lannister put his sword in his back, the Mad King was saying that to kill all the people, right? But what we have here is a theory and a thought of a time-traveling Brand Stark. Brandon Stark, the three-eyed raven now. He is the green seer of green seers now. He is using those trees and using these visions to, as we saw, affect Hodor into 
holding the door. He was able to speak to his father. His father heard them, heard him. Uh, in the books, I do believe, if memory serves, he he uh, says some of the Theon, too. He sees all through those trees. That is why the uh, Brynden Rivers, the three-eyed raven, the three-eyed crow, uh, in the books, uh, told Bran he was watching Bran all this time with a thousand eyes and one. The one was his one eye, because he doesn't have uh, all of his eyes in the book. Um, and the thousand eyes were the trees, all through time. He's been waiting. So could Bran be a time traveler? This theory has come up. Is Brandon Stark Bran the Builder? Did he go back and build this wall to keep out the Night King? Is that why he and the Night King have some kind of connection? There's a lot of interesting thoughts and theories behind this. On the surface, I'm not a fan of this idea, this time traveling Bran. I liked the idea of the visions. I, I was into the visions. I was into him being there for the Tower of Joy and kind of solving that mystery. And the Hold the Door episode where we learned, at least on the show, what happens to Hodor and how he became Hodor was was hard to watch. It was emotional. Tugged on the heartstrings. The fact that this poor, big, oafy kid was somewhat normal at one point, but really just ended up having his entire life being about serving Brandon Stark and being there for this one particular moment. It's heavy stuff. It's confusing stuff. It's very sci-fi of the sci-fi fantasy part of the story. And that can turn some people off. It does me at times. I would like the Mad King just to be the Mad King. He was a crazy Targaryen. He just needed to be killed and burned them all was in reference to the wildfire that he really wanted to uh, use to take out his own people. I like that idea, but this idea of Bran telling, somehow communicating to the Mad King and having these tunnels built at some point underneath King's Landing by uh, Targaryens from years past and having it all tie up into a plan from Bran to trap the White Walkers at King's Landing, get them all down, get the Night King down, take them on down to that world. And have the wildfire, what's left of it, used to burn them. You have to imagine wildfire would take out the White Walkers. I gotta think that's that's possible, right? I don't know the science on wildfire. You pyromancers let me know. But is it possible? Could the citizens of King's Landing escape? Could the warriors of Westeros escape in these tunnels? Well, the, uh, the White Walkers are, are burned. And that this somehow all ties in together to Bran whispering into the ears of the Mad King. It's coming up more and more as we start to learn more and more about Bran and what it means to be this green seer, the, to have this sight and to become the Three-Eyed Raven. It's interesting stuff. Kevin's got a great theory, and I want to hear you guys talk about it. I want your guys' reactions to this particular theory and your guys' reaction to the idea that Bran may have a lot more to do the events and the history of Westeros than we previously thought. All right? Colin of the station here favored it, uh, so you don't miss a broadcast as we go towards Season 7. I will be talking about Season 7 here, as well as on Collider Video's Thrones Talk. I'm talking Game of Thrones everywhere, but it all feeds into one. Me having a conversation with you guys about Game of Thrones. So, talk about the time-traveling brand here on Daily Thrones. 
Hey, Ken. So I wanted to talk about Sir Alistair Thorne, who, of course, lost his life in season six. Now, he was a character we knew from almost the very beginning in season one. A lot of people didn't like Sir Alistair Thorne because of his hatred of Jon Snow. He called Jon, you know, Lord Snow in a mockingly way. But I always felt the Night's Watch needed someone like him, kind of like, you know, your boot camp um, drill sergeant, they need someone to be tough on them because of what they're going to face. And I thought he did his job well, and I kind of understood where he was coming from with that. Now, was he right to do what he did? No, he portrayed his Lord Commander, but I'll give him this. He stood his ground, and he said, that, look, even if I knew I would end up in this exact same place, I pray I would make the same decision because it was either betray you or betray everything I believed in. And then he held, holds his head high before he hangs, and I have to give him credit for that. And also, um, at the Battle of the Wall, his rallying cry speech really, really was great.